Welcome back, you beautiful people, to the second chance recording of the Real Collective Podcast. Kyle and I just finished recording this entire episode without pressing the record button. So we're going to do it all over again and say probably all of the same things, or at least most of them. As always, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, share this with someone who you think might be interested in this type of stuff. Click the links below to book appointments with both of us or to do other things. Kyle, how you doing, pal? Good. I'm warmed up, ready to go. Yeah, uh, all warmed up and ready to rock and roll. Yeah, <clears throat> all of all of the uh, all the comments that we made before are great. These the segue to how we're gonna do things. We're not there anymore. You're not gonna ask me about my sweater. Just nope. like, just straight straight. Yeah. To- Bullet <laughs> points. Let's go. That's right. That's right. So the first app we're gonna talk a little bit about. <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk about disclosing content. So with Tressa in place now, there's different things that different agents are able to uh, say uh, with regards to disclosing the content of offers. It's a big sort of a hot button topic. The media is uh, picking up on it. Some agents are picking up on it. Uh, some clients might or might not know what it means. Uh, so we'll talk about that in the first half. In the second half, we're going to talk about some terrible Christmas purchases that Kyle or I made, and that was inspired by me wearing a sweater today. Uh, So we'll just jump right in, uh, talk about the uh, sort of the idea of disclosing content in offers to prospective uh, uh, people. First off, it is the uh, seller who makes the decision whether or not they're going to be disclosing that content to the other interested parties. Interested parties could yeah. be. Go. One, th- one thing to interrupt you on though. So when we're talking about disclosing content, it's, I just right away, I'm like, what? Like the couch that's in my house? That's the contents of my house? No. So it's it's literally the conditions, the price, all the stuff that, that, that makes up your offer. That's what we're talking about. Disclosing, meaning telling everybody else, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, tell, telling telling everybody else. And it, it used to be before Tressa that the only thing that you could disclose to another interested party or another uh, uh, real estate agent who submitted an offer is the offer count, how many offers you have, right? Okay. Uh, now you must disclose, and there's a difference between what you must do and what you can do. You must disclose the number of offers to all parties who have submitted an offer. That's the same. Let's say I've got five offers. I must disclose to all five people who uh, the, the number of offers that are in. I also must disclose if there is a multiple representation, i.e. if there is one person who is represented by my brokerage, right? Another agent in my brokerage, I have to disclose that. I also have to disclose if there's two offers that are in from the same brokerage, but it's a different brokerage because they are in multiple representation, right? Anybody, anytime- Really? Anytime that you anytime that you are in multiple representation, the people who are in multiple representation need to be aware of that. The idea being it maybe is the same agent representing both buyers, because remember the agent is the brokerage. That has how it has been in the past. Right. Designated representation. But maybe this agent has information about both of those buyers and both of those buyers need to say, hey, that's fine. I know that this agent, the brokerage, knows things about me, right? In reality, gotcha. reality, chances are it was a different agent from the same brokerage. 
But if you're in small town Ontario, maybe it is, you know, the same agent for 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 both, right? So that need the both of those clients need to be aware of that. Now, the other things that you as a seller in a multiple representation, a multiple offer situation can choose to disclose include the contents of the offer. Like you said, not the contents of the house, but the con what what's in that offer? What's the price? And you don't have to disclose all the contents. You can choose to disclose some, all or none of the contents of one or more of the offers. But when you disclose, you have to disclose uniformly to everybody, right? You can't tell, oh, I'll tell this person this thing. I'm going to go and tell this other person this other thing. It has to be the same thing that's said to everybody. Now, you, if you're disclosing it, you must disclose to all people who have submitted an offer. You can disclose to anybody else who's shown an interest. And it's in that can space that I think we talked about this last week where it might be the case that on realtor.ca, you see your top bid price on realtor.ca, right? That's like the, the down the road thing that might happen, might not. Uh, it really depends on the market we're in and, and what the seller chooses to do and how they choose to operate. There's gonna be, there, there's, there's a company called Open Offers. It's offering that service. No one's using it, <laughs> or at least no one has started <laughs> using it uh, across Ontario. So, uh, you know, it's it might just be that it takes some time to adopt. It might be that uh, the average age of a real estate agent is like 66 plus, and they're like, I don't want to do things different. Uh, it could be a bunch of different factors. It might just be that right now, there's no one who makes sense for them to do that. So, as a seller, you can choose to disclose any of that. You can disclose, if you've got five offers, you can disclose five different things from five different offers and say, here's my best price. Here's my best closing date. Here's my best deposit. Here's the best conditions for the property. Um, you know, all of that sort of thing. Uh, so, so yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of sort of information that's in there. As long as you're clear to say, hey, look, this comes from one offer, this comes from another one, you can't misrepresent and say, hey, look, here's the four best things that I've got, uh, you know, beat it, right? You have to be clear. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, yeah. So so you can, like, you can literally build your own adventure as a seller. Say, yeah. I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this, and then who's coming to play, right? Now, now, now some people might see that and say, well, look, you know what, I can't give you the, the, the closing date that you want, but I can give you the best price and I can give you the best conditions, like the least, the, the least amount of conditions, right? Uh, I can't, I can't meet that deposit amount. I can't meet that, you know, maybe the highest deposit amount is 50,000. Well, I don't have $50,000 in my bank. I can do a $20,000 deposit, but you know, hopefully because my price is better or my closing date is better or, or, or I have, you know, fewer conditions, my offer is more, uh, accessible. We had, uh, and, and, and then it kind of gets into a, a question about, well, how do you game it? Like, what do you say? When do you, when do you, when do you disclose the contents? Change your mind about disclosing contents. You were talking with an agent, you said, uh, yesterday. Yeah. I was talking with an agent yesterday and she had said, she's like, yeah, this is my first, this is the first Tressa, you know, deal I'm doing. And that was it. It was like, we're doing all these open offers. We're telling people everything somewhere part way through they're like we're telling people nothing and then they came back and we're like yeah we're only going to tell them this now like it just went all the way back and forth and she was just like okay like however she was playing it i can't remember what side of it she was on 
But she said, she's like, it's the first. This is a little wild. <laughs> first for her. Yeah. Well, and it's, 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 it's a first for all of us, right? It's yeah, like, for sure. And this, like I said, this, the seller sets the table and then they get to choose what they serve. And they can change what they serve, like at the last minute. Like, oh, you know what? Uh, I was gonna serve uh, chicken, but my chicken's burnt, so uh, you're all getting pizza. Okay. Yeah. And 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 you're all at the table, and you have to eat because it's rude if you don't. I'm 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 yeah. getting metaphor. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're run this one right to the end. <laughs> what about dessert? <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. You want dessert? Uh, no, we're gonna. It's uh, gonna be pizza for dessert. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. know. And only one of you gets dessert. <laughs> the one the one who eats the most pizza or whatever. <laughs> it's more pizza. <laughs> uh, all right. Oh. I think that one's dead. Uh, <laughs> I had I had an offer uh, last week where we were uh, we were in competition. I we might have talked about this. Um, just, I'm not sure the time frame. Might have talked about it, but we were in competition and the listing agent told me that there weren't any sorry i said hey look you can disclose contents of the offer would you like to do it she said no we don't want to and so i'm like oh well and i mean this is the house that was listed originally at 850 it came down to 750 uh we offered like a low ball offer like around seven and i'm like hey you can disclose the contents of the offer if you like and she's like now because there was another like competing offer she said no we don't want to i said oh well that kind of leads me to believe that the other (laughs) offer is not that good right you've got two low ball offers and it's like what they disclose or what they don't disclose is going to tell a certain story. And so having the ability to understand, okay, well, you're disclosing, you're not disclosing, you're, you're, you're changing your mind about it. You're not changing your mind about it. You were going to disclose this. Now you're going to disclose that you kind of have to think like, okay, well, what does that mean? Right. And once you understand what it means, then you can advise your client accordingly. Cause in that particular instance, if there's two offers on the table, my advice normally to a client would be, Hey, you got to play like, close to list price like you got to be close to that 750 if you want to be able to get it right and um that wasn't the case i i think we ended up paying more i think we were offering something like 707 and i think the person who won had a faster closing um but their price i don't think was as good as ours so but it's like it's just like you said i mean you have to read between the lines and that's going to be part of the expertise because saying nothing is a tip off to something right like you don't want to talk poker or anything, but it's like, but that's it. Like, what are you bluffing? What are you not sharing? There's a reason you're not sharing this or the reason you are. So why is it? Cause I mean, we see, it, <clears throat> we see it too. When, you know, we I talk to agents all the time. I'm like, if you're, if you're doing a price reduction, don't do it on the date of the like COF, right? Don't do it on the date conditions are getting lifted. No offense. You are not that good of a negotiator. You did not just magically get this house five days later, $20,000 reduced because you're awesome. Something changed. What was it? That's the first tip off to the bank. And all of a sudden, we don't want to waive conditions today because there's a bunch of other things that are now in play, right? Is it, it was deceptive? Is it a, is it a basement? Is it an electrical issue? Like you don't just magically get $20,000 off because you're cool. Something's wrong with the property. The lender wants to know now. Right. By saying nothing other than that one thing, you said a ton. So here we go. Right. You got to be careful with that stuff for sure. I wonder, I wonder how to, how to set it up so that, uh, so that it wouldn't, it wouldn't uh, alert it. You'd only, I guess the only way to do it would be like after the fact amendment, but even then you're still going to see it from now until closing. So there's no real, there's no real uh, hitch to it. Right. 
No, you just at the end of the day, I mean, it is what it is. And the thing is, people freak out like, oh my God, and try to hide stuff. There's a solution for all of this. There almost always is, right? So let's talk about what the problem is and figure out a way to fix it that keeps everybody happy. It doesn't mean the deal's dead. You right. just have to fix it. So let's fix it, right? And that's that's the thing. So, uh, but yeah, that's, yeah, saying nothing can say a lot. Yeah, yeah, well, and that's that's it. And, you know, like you said, re- stick handling that, reading between the lines, that makes all the world a difference to, you know, a client who theoretically earlier this week could have saved uh, whatever it was, $40,000, just because, you know, an agent said something and, and I extrapolated that information. Now, I could have also said, hey, look, uh, you know, that means this. And, you know, there was a bit of an illusion that, oh, well, yeah, you're smart enough to figure out what that means, right? So it kind of confirmed what it was that I believed was true. The other agent shouldn't have said that, but whatever. Uh, again, it's, you know, for my client's benefit. That's that's the problem with all of this, this whole, you know, Tressa thing is as, as much as they're trying to make it transparent, there's still an agent who's representing the best interest of the seller, an agent who's representing the best interest of the buyer. And those agents, the good ones are smart enough to figure out, okay, well, how do I game this for my client's benefit on a one-off basis, right? So like you said, experience really comes into play here. Uh, yeah. In, in, yeah, in, in terms of uh, in terms of disclosing, I just want to be clear, you can only disclose when you have two or more competing offers, and both offers are active and valid at the time. So if you have, let's say, uh, an offer that expires at uh, 5 o'clock p.m. and it's 4 o'clock p.m., you can disclose the contents of both of those offers, but if it's 5.01 p.m., you can't disclose the contents of the offer that has expired. Okay. It's no longer hmm. an offer. So it doesn't, it, it's, it's when it's not valid, there's no point in disclosing it. Um, similarly, a lot of people were asking, well, what if we have a conditional sale, but it's subject to this subject to the sale of another house. So this SBP, right. Uh, first refusal, they call it as well. Um, that is not an active offer. That is an accepted deal. So when you have an accepted deal, you cannot disclose the contents anymore. It's only during the phase where you have two or more competing offers that you can disclose the contents of, uh, you know, one or more of those offers to interested parties. That's it. That's that's the window. Uh, so just to be clear about that as well. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, this is gonna get this is this is wild westish to me. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. quite honestly. Yeah. That's what it, it's just, it's a different version of it, but it feels like that at least this new period before people get into the, get into the flow. You, you know, it's, it's similar to when we first started doing uh, multiple offers, right? It felt very wild west at, and, and then, and then people started to understand, okay, well, here's the flow. Here's the, me- here's the mechanisms of it all. Here's the mechanics of it all. Here's how it works. Oh, okay. You know what? I'm cool with that. Right. I get it. I, and the problem is, again, it is kind of the Wild West because each agent was free to run their business however they wanted. There's no set criteria. It's not that every person who's bidding in a multiple offer situation runs their multiple offer situation. Every listing agent runs their offer situation in the same way. Every agent's not going to run this open offers in the same way. Some will, some won't. Some sellers will choose to, some sellers won't. It's just going to be more... Uh, confusing i think for it's fucking confusing for the agents you see them on these chat groups nobody understands what they're talking about nobody understands what they're doing the agents don't know how the, how the hell are the clients gonna know right 
So it's uh, like you say, it's gonna be it's gonna be something. Yeah, it's gonna be the it's gonna be the year of creating uh creating little cheat sheets for everybody to know what to know what's going on. I I think it's I think it's gonna be the year of uh, uh, a lot of uh, unsuccessful agents leaving the business. I I think it's just gonna get to a point where it's like, hey, this is this is too much. There's too much that I have to do differently here. I, it's not it's not working out for me. I thought this was gonna be easy. Just show up here, you know, sell a couple houses, Bing Bang Boom. Bob's your uncle, make a bunch of money. Oh no, now I gotta work and I have to I have to you know go up against sharks who 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 you know run it for their clients and know what they're doing and understand the mechanics of it it's you know i think a lot of people are not a lot of people but certainly i could see 20 percent of real estate agents dropping off in the next year or so there's a, you can find that you can find those estimations online for sure it's a chat going around it's going to hit our industry too it's going to hit our industry as things get tougher and and people that don't get their second level license and can't do b deals can't fit can't uh can't plan out and, and properly run a private deal are going to get pushed out because there's just less and less of the triple A deals that are out there as rates are higher and incomes aren't as high and debts are there. Like it's going to be tougher. So yeah, we're going to, that attrition is going to happen for sure. Deals, deals are harder for us to put together too. Like you got to work harder to get something going. So anyways, we'll, uh, we'll talk we'll, not to, not to doom and gloom for the end of the year here. We'll talk about some bad Christmas uh, purchase decisions made by both Kyle and I uh, in the second half. Uh, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, share this with someone who you think might be interested in this type of content. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple podcasts, thank you. And you can uh, click the links below to schedule appointments with us. I think I already said that I'll catch you on the flip side. This episode of the Real Collective podcast is brought to you by Real Collective. Real Collective brings together best-in-class real estate agents and collective experts in the field to deliver the best possible service to our clients. We govern ourselves with honesty, open-mindedness, and compassion. With diverse skill sets, our agents are able to better serve a wide array of clients, including first-time buyers, first-time sellers, transferees, estate sales, investors, and rural, vacation, and luxury properties. Authenticity and transparency are pillars of our process, which allows us to put our clients at the center of everything we do. Our years of experience and knowledge allow us to deliver prestigious service and optimal results. If you are interested in buying or selling your home, contact us today at realcollective.ca. Welcome back, you beautiful people, to the second half of the Real Collective Podcast. I hope you enjoy the first half and that you will also enjoy the deuxième. Hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and share this with someone who you think might be interested. Kyle, tell me about your worst Christmas purchase. Oh, worst Christmas purchase? Just trying to save a little bit of money. And uh, my, my wife really wanted a, a Canada Goose jacket. And I didn't know Canada Goose at the time. Like, so I, I kind of knew how expensive it was, but I'm like, what? I don't even know what the deal is here, right? So I'm I'm online and I see that somebody's offering up like this discount, some Facebook thing, right? So I'm like, perfect. Order it. It's supposed to be shipped on time, rock and roll. Problem is that one, we missed Christmas. So there's that. But I'm like, don't worry, babe, it's coming. But then it shows up in February. And it's in a bag that's like this big, which makes no sense to me because this is a long jacket, okay. right? Pull that thing out and it's just not what it was supposed to be. I don't know what kind of fur 
was on that hood, but or what animal that was. And definitely, I don't know how many squirrels got hurt in the making of that apparently downfilled thing because it was not cool. And like it just, it, they, her and her mother couldn't stop laughing at me. They're like, "What is this?" I'm like, "I was on a discount. Like, man, it should have been fine." So, oh yeah, just I still get made fun of for that. The fur is, is gross. It's Canada gross. You misread it. Gross. Yeah, yeah, that was on the pouch. That was on the patch. I'm sure it was just not. Oh, just the gross. Yeah, this is brutal. Oh yeah, it was a definitely a welcome. Definitely a uh, a a poor decision. <laughs> poor decision. Listen, I I'm I'm right there with you, man. I am not an online shopper. Uh, this this sweater, which was the whole, this is the third time I'm telling you this story. That's the third time I've heard that story in the last hour. So Don't tell anybody. <laughs> that is what it is. Uh, so this sweater was a similar terrible purchase uh, where I went on uh, line and looked for uh, a website called UglyChristmasSweaters.com found hey look there's some some on brand colors this is the old brand this is uh the old sold sign up here for that old brand Styfire stands for sean tassi your friend in real estate still is me still is my license plate that says Styfire, but of course the real collective allows more people to be a part of what's going on here anyways i bought this ugly sweater online Went to the website, customized it, put the logo on it. I was like, yeah, this is cool. What I should have done now that I'm looking at the sweater and I've, I've, I noticed this right away is instead of making the uh, the, the background that tried to color match, I should have made it uh, see-through instead of this, this, this color here. That would have made it look better. Nevertheless, after I bought it, I ordered it. I was so pumped about it. Lindsay said to me, hey, how much did that sweater cost you? Like, oh, I don't know. I think it was like 79 bucks. She's like, well, it seems like a lot of money for a sweater. I'm like, yeah, but it's like, it's personalized. She's like, well, when you personalize it, did you have to pay like extra money to, to personalize it? I'm like, oh, maybe. Maybe it was like 40 bucks to personalize it or something. So now we're, we're up to from like 75 to like 100, 100, whatever, 15 or 120. She's like, and what was the website again? I said, it was uglychristmassweaters.com. She's like, dot com, right? Yeah. So... Is it $115 Canadian or $115 American? I said, ooh, good question. Probably American. She's like, so it's not $115. It's probably more like $175. I said, yeah, I guess you're right. I'm probably not really good at, at, at shopping online. As you laughed. He was like, you're a terrible online shopper. What are you doing? You should look out for stuff like this. You're really getting screwed over. And she's like, well, and where is it shipping? Like if it's, if it's in the States, like where is it shipping from? I said, oh, I don't know. It's shipping up from somewhere in the States. She's like, so is there like shipping and handling paid on top of that? I'm like, I, I, at the time, this was like five, six years ago. I'd never bought anything online, right? I'm like, yeah, I guess it's shipping out from the States. And so she's like, and what's the charge? I'm like, I didn't look at it. I don't know. She's like, oh, okay. So finally at the end of it, she looks at the invoice. You know how much this $75 expensive sweater costs? 250 bucks. So. <laughs> but I feel, I feel like Lindsay was sitting there and just like, have you checked this out? I just, before? no. Like she was just walking you through every mistake you were making. <laughs> I did not hear the end of it. So this was a... <laughs> expensive sweater it's not even that nice but i every year i gotta put it on i gotta i gotta i gotta wear wear my mistakes and uh you know if i i guess what uh, 25 more years of wearing i can i can say hey it's only 10 bucks a season it's totally worth it now totally worth it 100 right. uh, yeah, yeah 
so that's uh, yeah, that was that was me. What about uh, you? You got another one? Hit us. I had the other one, yeah, and it was it was just you just start. It's online stuff because you just start where it's easy, right? And 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 unique. I look for unique things. Ad comes across Facebook, and I'm like, cool. This artist kind of wall art, you know, skateboard with a name thing, and it was done nice. I'm like, this is cool. Not that expensive. Said they could get it here by Christmas because I'm also last minute. I'm like, I'll pay a little bit extra for that part. Boom, send it in, and I it was that. But it, everything kept playing with that whatever squirrel coat I bought and I'm like as I'm sitting there saying like take my money and send them to me I'm like something's wrong with this but it was too late money's gone right still to this day I have no idea where these things are no idea they've never showed up and I soon after like a week or something I'm like "Mm, something's not right I start checking them out online I'm looking at reviews reviews are terrible I even the web the the ad stopped and the the website was gone. I'm like, hundred percent got scammed, hundred percent. Told my wife that story too. She's like, so are you not learning anything about this process like at all? Right? I'm just like, yeah. She's like, strike two, dork. Like, oh yeah, that was it. I thought you were gonna tell me there was gonna be like a wish.com and instead of like a full size skateboard that you can mount on the wall as wall art, you get like a little tech deck. The little tech deck, yeah. Yeah, they would have liked that anyway. It would have been better than what they got because they got nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Got God. Yeah, that was that one. I had uh, I had a I had one that I that Lindsay ordered for me. It was a, a hat from uh, from from overseas. It was on Amazon when we started doing Amazon orders, and uh, and on on the logo piece, uh, you know, someone must have yelled down, "Oh, what do you want to put on the logo?" Oh, I don't know. Just put something, the leader in fashion trends or whatever it was. But what it read on the hat was Song Ting, and then the leader in fashion trends was like spelled mis like incorrectly. So it was like heavy Asian accent when you read Song Ting. Look, maybe Song Ting is like a is an actual brand. I don't know, but it just seemed like the whole story about how that might have shown up on the hat and like how you get like these knockoff things. That's, on- that's a Simpsons episode. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And so yeah. much like Simpsons episodes or like uh, like Seinfeld episodes. Yeah. There's, uh, there's another one. We got a, I, this, is, this is crazy. I told you about this before. Uh, I ordered gift cards for a client last year. Visa gift cards. Do not order Visa gift cards. If you can take one thing away from this whole thing, just give cash to people. I ordered a bunch of Visa gift cards and they all got scammed. So someone reached over the end at Shoppers Drug Mart where the, where the cash register is, pulled the gift cards out and then put back dummy gift cards with the same number. So as soon as I bought the dummy gift card and scanned it and, and you know, uh, whatever it was authenticated it or whatever it was by what, whatever you do when you, when you buy it, it liberated the funds on this gift card that someone's already taken, stolen, walked away with. And there's a statute of limitations that Visa puts on of two months. So my clients go to use these gift cards in man. Right. And they're like, Hey, there's no money on these gift cards. What's going on? Oh, Visa. You know what? Sorry, we'll have to look into it. And then because of that two-month statute of limitations, some of this stuff had disappeared like further back. I go to pull it up and I'm like, hey, can you refund me? No, we can't refund you. It's been it's been too long. So finally, last week or whatever it was, we we made good 
on half of the value of what the gift cards were because half of them were like, yep, sorry, no, we can't, we can't help you with that. So it was just like, oh, so my, my, my big sort of takeaway lesson for everybody, you know, you want to be a good person and, and, oh, you know, I don't really know what to get either order the gift cards direct from the manufacturer. Don't buy them at a place store. where someone can easily go and, and get their hands on, especially if they're large denominations and they're accessible to the general public. Watch out. Just give cash instead because the, this like the after sale service is garbage. I'm sorry to say. How, how am I going to pay my income tax if I don't have those gift cards? That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> to the guy on the phone. Where's, where's my, yeah. Where's my write off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's it. Oh yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So it's Christmas time. Tis the season. Live and learn. Live and learn. And, um, we had, uh, what was the other one? Oh, we got a desk. There's a desk that I bought, uh, for Lindsay for, 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 our, for the, for her new office. And I ordered it yeah. Christmas in 2020. And, uh, you know, they're like, Oh, Hey, it's back ordered. It won't get here until later on in the spring. So I reach out the spring like, Hey, Where's the desk at? Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, it's backwarded. I'm like, okay, well, you know, summer rolls around, fall rolls around. Where's the desk at? You think we might get it for this Christmas instead of last Christmas? Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe we will. <laughs> Didn't show the up. Good news is, Christmas. Good news is, you paid for it. You yeah. got a gift eventually. I did. And if I, you know what? It did. Thankfully, it did show up, but it was a year and a quarter later, like it showed up the, not the next spring, but like the next, next spring. So like in 2022 spring is when she got her desk and it like, it's, I ordered it for, for whatever it was Christmas, 2020. Like it was, it was a long time coming. So shipping, shipping. It was, it was COVID, right? It was like a uh, back orders and supply chain issues and yada, yada, yada. I mean, that's the excuse that I was given. So who knows? It's uh, it's it's a it's a crazy world out there. So, do as we say, not as we do. Take it, take heed, folks. Take heed. <laughs> All right. Well, this is a little bit shorter because uh, we just whipped right through it. Bullet points, like you said. Uh, <laughs> hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, share this with someone who you think might be interested in this type of conversation. As always, until next time, keep it real. Collective.